Did you know that in addition to this audio preview that we've got a YouTube channel where we post even more preview content? We've got about 5,000 subscribers there now. So 5,000 people are seeing content that you're not seeing on the previews because we're not posting that content on audio. So you've got to go to youtube.com slash high resolution, subscribe to the channel, get all the additional preview content and watch every single episode in its entirety in video. YouTube.com slash higher resolution spelled correctly. Enjoy the preview. Outside of uh, building these relationships with these stakeholders, these non-designers, um, what's something else a designer can do to start showing the value that they can actually add to a different team? So I think one of the things designers can do to, to show value, um, there, there are kind of two things. One, one is to think about how you express the value of what you're doing, right? If you just talk about it in terms of aesthetics or this is better, right, like these kind of broad generalities, um, you're not going to be very successful. Uh, I think we can take some lessons from, from product management this way. You know, product's quite good at quantifying what they do. They're quite good at saying, like, we're going to increase the metrics on the conversion funnel to from 3% to 7%. You know, like, that's really measurable. It's a good goal. You know, designers say the same thing, but we say it in a much more emotional way. Like, we want to make users happier when they come through sign up, right? And both these things have a lot of value. I think, you know, Julie Zhu wrote a really good post on how can PMs work with designers and how can designers work with engineers, you know, this kind of how can we all understand each other? Um, I think it's worth considering kind of how people phrase kind of the value of what they're doing and think of ways that are more business driven. You know, if, if you're in a capitalistic business, um, to think about how to express that value to people. Like, hey, we're going to you know, increase sales, we're going to increase conversion. Um, and, and think of it in, in a measurable way, but also express it in the designer's way of understanding that users aren't um, just like, you know, uh, uh, kind of faceless beings that we're hoping will increase things. Like, they're humans, and like, this is one of the great values of design. Um, is, is, you know, to kind of humanize the decisions we're making. Uh, and the other way to drive a lot of value in a company, I think, this is something I think about a lot, is there's ideas all over your company, right? And so whether you're in engineering or you're in product or you're in customer service or you're, you know, the CEO, Everyone's got these little inklings of ideas around a, a business, right? There are, you, know, you see this if you go around a company, you have lunch with people like, oh, if only we did X, you know, we'd be really successful. Or what if we tried, you know, Y, you know, what, what would happen with, with users? You know, everyone's really interested in, in coming up with ideas. Even your finance team is, is coming up with product ideas. Um, and one of the things that frustrates everybody in your business is that those ideas you know, these inklings are so loosely formed, you know, they're just being verbalized. You know, maybe somebody made a doc about it. But when I describe an inkling to you and you perceive it, we're actually talking about something different. You know, what you see is, is not what I'm seeing in my head. And this creates a lot of friction in a business, right? Because, you know, everyone feels like their ideas aren't being heard or you just don't get my thing. You know, everyone's been in these meetings where they're like, no, you just don't understand, right? And I think one of the most valuable things design can do, and one of the things that politically works really well because it embeds you deeply in the organization, is to work with people, everybody in your organization who's coming up with these inklings, and help them give it shape. 
you know, design, one of the magic tricks of design is that we can make something appear realistic, you know, without a lot of work. You know, design is very good at faking things. Um, so when you come up with an idea, I can be like, Jared, you know, that's such an interesting idea. I think I understand it. Just give me a couple hours. You go and jump into Sketch and prototype it. And what I've made is almost certainly not exactly what you had in your head, but now we can talk about it. And now we can improve it and bring it closer to what you were envisioning. And then we can take it to a wider group of people. And now we can all debate it on its merits mm -hmm. rather than you know, all trying to grok this kind of amorphous concept that yeah. you know, somebody came up with. I think that function, you know, it's just one thing designers can do, but I think it's one especially high leverage thing that design is uniquely positioned to do within organizations. And I'm, I'm, a lot of successful designers I've seen in organizations are the, the person who sits in that meeting and doesn't say a whole lot and walks out of the meeting instead of getting all hot and bothered and debating things and just goes and prototypes kind of what they heard everyone saying. Yeah. And then when they come back to the, the group, suddenly they're at the center of the room, the center of attention, and they've got this, this thing now that we can all discuss and, and kind of unlock the team. Yeah. And so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so in that sense, they become like the intermediary, right? Like exactly. between, which is pretty fascinating. That's exactly um, what I'm talking about, yeah. So one thing I want to touch on there, and like I'm, I'm still trying to like develop this question as I say it. Uh, you kind of touched on two scenarios. One scenario is... You know, the designer who is in the cafeteria, like the lunch, like wherever, like the team went out and just hearing these random thoughts pop up. Right. And they sit with the finance or the salesperson, explore that a bit, go back, come back and like start developing an idea. Right. Then you have the designer who's in the meeting um, for an existing project. Uh, for the latter group, it makes sense that you would want to go out and do this and come back because this was already prioritized for you or your team. Otherwise, you would not be in that meeting. Right. For the former group, this is you kind of like taking this as like on yourself to like go explore this idea, right? Um, so I'm really curious, especially for junior designers, if they see this as an opportunity to like show value, how do they do this? How do they do that lunch route and not come off as if they're not actually focusing on their priorities at their job? That's a great question. Um, some of this is... One is like not caring too much. Like that's it's fine. Like you know, yeah. ask you know the the what is the adage? The uh, ask, ask for, for forgiveness, forgiveness rather than permission. permission. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, that's a yeah. good idea, especially in the tech world. I think you can get away with that without getting slapped down too much. Um, but uh, the other part of it is if you really want to get buy-in for your idea is to go back to the first thing I was talking about, which is to understand what the priorities of the business are. Um, if you go and prototype something and you're like, oh, you know, like our car sales, you know, app, the next thing we need is VR and the finance team came up with this VR idea and like, look, we prototyped it and it works great on the gear and like you put it on someone's head, like people might think that's cute, but they're going to be like, screw you, like it's not going to drive sales, we can't get adoption. There's like a hundred reasons not to do that. Um, and then you'll get frustrated because you're like, oh, no one listens to me. And it's like people are much more likely to listen to you if you're prototyping the ideas that also fall on the prioritization roadmap. And if you're not doing that, like don't get me wrong, go rogue. <laughs> like knock yourself out, but also don't be frustrated when everyone else is you know, very, very difficult to convince. Uh, so you most, you know, if you think of it, you know, if you're a product manager, a head of product, you're hearing a thousand ideas 
and one of your key functions is to choose which ones are worth exploring. So it's a good idea as a designer to put yourself in their shoes and be like, oh, the head of product's probably the person I'm going to need to convince with this. You know, is this the kind of thing that he or she is going to, um, can, would they consider putting this on our priority list? Um, it's really frustrating to me, and this is good advice, I think, for, for young designers. Um, it always frustrates me when people uh, put themselves as employees. You know, they think of themselves first as like kind of, oh, I'm just like, you know, somebody who does design. And you sit down with them and they're like, oh, I made this thing. Do you think that's good on the priority list? And you just look at them and you're like, would you put it there? And like, it's like it never occurred to them before. It's like, you know, to really be, you know, a great designer, great employee generally, I think, it's, it's to stop thinking of yourself as um, just a staff member and like somebody who, you know, I'll, I'll just do my best and I'll let somebody else make all the decisions. But to start trying to, Yes, like if I was in their shoes, what what's the decision I would make? Put yourself in the driver's seat. Yeah. It sounds like, by the way, it sounds like the prototyping thing, right? Sitting in a boardroom, having a bunch of people around you that aren't designers debate something that they're all seeing a little differently in their minds and your ability to go back and create, like manifest something that everyone can look at. Do you see that as the ultimate olive branch to add to like everyone else in the company? Like, is, that, is that like the best that the designer can do for people in a company? Yeah. You can either call it an olive branch or call it like an underhanded move to, <laughs> to gain influence. Sure. Um, you know, I like that you phrase it in a nice positive way. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, it's one of the sneakiest things you can do that actually is really good yeah. for a business. Hey, if you enjoyed this preview, please leave us a rating, a review, or a recommend in your favorite podcast app. Um, by the way, if you want this episode on Fridays instead of on Monday, which is when everyone else gets it, go to highresolution.design. Just open up your phone, go to your browser on your computer, highresolution.design, and sign up for early access. It's free. You get to watch this content over the weekend. You open your week on Mondays more informed than all of your your peers, um, and you'll have more fun over the weekend. So highresolution.design, sign up for early access. We'll send you the episodes on Friday. Everyone else is going to have to wait three days and get it on Monday. All right, thanks so much. Thanks to Squarespace for their support. Whether you need a domain, a website, or an online store, make your next move at Squarespace. Visit squarespace.com and enter the code high resolution, one word, for 10% off your first purchase.